Join us as we take you into the eyes of two crime scene investigators. Stories that are so heinous, unpredictable, violent, unique, foul, brutal, and sexual. Get ready because you're about to listen to The Voices Out of Darkness. Hey, Mike. Good morning. <laughs> Welcome back. Uh, good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening to anybody. This is Voices Out of Darkness podcast. Uh, today, I'm super excited to talk about scenes that we didn't know we were unsafe. Um, I'm hoping you title the episode with the danger in front of it. Danger. You want to be a capital danger? <laughs> yeah, all caps. <laughs> yeah, but before we get into that, per usual, I want to start off with a highlight, a week yes. highlight. Start with a positive note. All right. Well, tell us about your highlight this week. Well, mine, I got to visit family up north uh, in San Jose. So that was fun. That's cool. Um, I had never been up San Jose, Santa Clara, Santa Cruz, all the Santas up just south of um, San Francisco. So that was a lot of fun. Got to meet my baby nephew. Oh, that's cool. He's freaking adorable. How old is he? Uh, Three months. Oh my gosh, that's fun. Yeah. I know nothing about babies. (laughs) I know you know a lot more, but he was still kind of like, just would wake up, want food, would smile a little and then go back to sleep. Yeah, they poop, I was like, sleep, oh, this eat. looks easy. <laughs> but I don't know if my cousins were just making it look easy or I don't know. It's a circle of life. You, you, uh, you're born, you poop, sleep, and eat. And then when you get older, you poop, sleep, and eat. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and there's diapers involved at both ends. That's true. So, well, that's cool. That's fun. It's always yeah. fun to see family. Yeah. I mean, I had taken a little poll on my Instagram a while back talking or asking people, do you generally see your family less since you started this occupation? Oh, yeah. And it was like 80 something percent of the people that voted. And I think I had a little over 300 people vote. It looked like they were mostly in the field, uh, meaning like within forensics. But yeah, most of them said like, yes, I definitely see my family less. Oh, absolutely. I mean, think about like either getting called in or the holidays that we work, the, yeah. the you know, little league games we miss, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's tough sometimes, but it's, you know, it's not a nine to five job. And that's what I tell people. This is not a nine to five job. This is a job that we work weird hours and mm-hmm. we do. I mean, I don't see my wife for half the week and that's probably why our marriage works so well. <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't get sick of my ass. Yeah. She gets a break. That's a, that's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah. But how about you? Uh, you know, my highlight was pretty interesting. It happened just the other night. Oh. And uh, I was at a restaurant. Surprise. How come all of my highlights are around food? <laughs> you ever notice that? <laughs> the one with Nadia was around food. And now this oh, one's yeah. around food. So anyway, yeah. I was in, um, <laughs> I ordered my food. And I guess I could say the name of the restaurant. I don't think there's any problem with that, right? Chipotle. Chipoodle. Chipoodle. Yeah. And uh, my colleague and I were in line and I ordered my food. I was paying. And there was a couple in front of us and they kept looking back at us. And of course, we're in uniform or whatever, but nobody, you know, people always wonder, I guess. Yeah. But and you're always aware of it. You're always aware when there's eyes on you because yes. people, 
Yeah. It, yeah. It just, and I hate it too. Yeah. I hate walking into a restaurant and everybody snaps and looks, oh, there's uniforms. Yeah. So it's like, what? Well, I eat just like everybody else. But And it doesn't help that your radio's on. You kind of have to keep it loud when you get into a <laughs> yeah. restaurant and then everybody's like, rally. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Looking at you like, eh. But uh, so I got my food I paid for and the guy turns around and he says to me, he goes, hey, he goes, um, I just want to say thank you for what you do. And of course, I'm like, oh, yeah, welcome, you know, whatever. But he goes, no. Yeah. He goes, you don't understand. I'm one of these stringers. And a stringer is one of these guys, these independent videographers. And oh. What the, what, yeah, what people don't understand is during the day, the news vans come to our crime scenes. You see them raise their little totally. microphone, bo- whatever those booms are. Yeah. And uh, they bring the cameras out, and there's a whole slew of news vans on our crime scenes. Well, at night, the news people, they go home, and what they have is what they call stringers. And so they come out, they're independent, this company, I think On Scene TV is one of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I throw a plug out there for them. Yeah. And, or County uh, News TV. County News, yeah. yeah. So there's a bunch of those guys out there. And he said to me, he goes, I'm one of the guys that's out there videoing you. And you are always been nice to me. Every crime scene, Aww. you say hello to me. And you're just a nice guy. You're, you're like the nicest guy out there. So, and it made me think, and it really actually made my day because I was like, you know, that was really cool. And I said, thank yeah. you, whatever. And. It made my day. So if you're listening, um, I don't know your name. I'm sorry, but you did say you were going to listen to our podcast. Because, of course, I had to share the podcast with him. Yeah. And uh, it, it just made my night that he shared that and that I was kind. And it made me think about the question that I think somebody posted on our Instagram, which, by the way, is uh, Voices, Voices Out, out of. <laughs> <laughs> which is, ah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, sorry. Voices Out of Darkness. Voices Out of Darkness. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and so there was a question on there about how do we interact with the news media? That's and so right. Just, like, what's our relationship what's our with relationship? the media? Yeah. And it made me think back to that. And I know there's this, this, uh, what do you want? How can I, not I want to say conflict, but like slight animosity. Yeah. Between or, law enforcement and, yeah. you know, but my yeah. feeling is, you know, they got a job to do and we got a job to do. And I know mm-hmm. a lot of it is officers probably think that, oh, they just want to catch us doing bad stuff and stuff. But there's a lot of outlets out there that actually say a lot of positive about what we do. Yeah. And or so, they're just neutral. They're, they're just, just neutral, saying, yeah. hey, this is what happened. You know? Yeah, absolutely. And, and they are they are just neutral. And so I just, you know, I recognize them at the crime scene. I say hello. Yeah. I mean, even if I don't recognize them, I just say hello. I, you know, and what they need to understand on their end is that we have a policy that says we can't talk to them yeah. because we have designated people, a PIO, public mm-hmm. information officer, or the watch commander or the supervisor that are trained to do that. Yeah. And for obvious reasons, it's a sensitive situation. So anyway, going back to my highlight of the week, that's uh, that made my day. So Yeah, that is really awesome, actually. I feel like that's not common because it's hit or miss. You have some people that work in the media that are really aggressive with wanting to get their shot, you know, and me being a photographer, I kind of get it. Like you got to do what you got to do to get the shot. (laughs) But like working on this end of it, it's kind of like, ah, it's sensitive. Like you said, all around someone's either severely injured or dead. You know, you just got to be being aggressive about it. Isn't going to go over well with anyone in law enforcement. Right, exactly. But if you're just kind of minding your own business on the outskirts of the scene, utilizing that zoom lens, you know, go for it. Exactly, but- exactly. And what people don't understand too is there are people out there aching us on and trying to push our buttons because they mm. want a reaction out of us, mm-hmm. and they're filming us. And so, you know, it, it's it's tough. You know, it's it's just one of those situations. But for the most part, like you said, if it's just somebody filming us, 
and they're just trying to get the shot. Yeah. But but him recognizing it and saying hi, and telling me that I'm kind. See, I'm a big giant teddy bear. Ever <laughs> since I'm a jerk, but I'm actually a real giant teddy bear. So yeah, sure, whatever. Still slightly <laughs> scared of you, but it's it's fine. <laughs> so what are we talking about uh, today? So real quick, I did want to touch on last week episode, we did have someone on our Instagram, who I believe is CSI, um, give a really good suggestion for how she deals with the smell of decomp. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Let me read her comment. She said, another way to help with the decomp odor that I've been using lately is putting a few drops of essential oils, parentheses, lemon and orange work well, on a napkin and putting that in your mask. Or put it on the inside of your surgical mask or the N95. You end up smelling that instead. And I was oh. like, freaking genius. Yeah. That is such a good idea. I didn't uh, even think of essential oils. Those, that's that's uh-huh. fantastic. I had a um, girlfriend or like a friend who sold essential oils. I don't think I'm exactly well versed in what all the scents do, but I know peppermint definitely opens up the yes. airways. So maybe don't <laughs> use peppermint in your mask. But... Uh, like she was saying, lemon, orange, that's such a good idea. That's a great idea. Yeah. And thank you for sending that in, whoever did that. That's uh, that's awesome. And see, that's what we like. We like to interact with our listeners. Any suggestions you guys might have, any experiences, by all means. We, totally. We, we are open to all kinds. There's a ton of us that are in this field that can share that. And if we can use your suggestions and share it with other people, we love it. So. Yeah, we had a really good story come in from uh, someone that worked uh, or interned at the coroner's office. Uh, she emailed us at our email, the voices out of darkness at Gmail. And I was laughing my ass off reading her story. <laughs> I mean, I can't wait to share it. Maybe we could do a couple episodes where we, you know, use the contributing voices. Yes. Uh, also, people that are in this field. Uh, the same as us, Voices Out of Darkness, you know, they just work in different areas of forensics and they have just as great stories. So that that's would be right. fun to share those stories too. Right. And that's kind of the reason why we came up with that title because the yeah. voices, there's there's a lot of voices. I mean, it's yeah. not just you and I, there's a whole bunch of people that do this job or have experience. Those are all the voices mm-hmm. out of that darkness. So I love that. So cool. Yeah. Sweet. Awesome. Okay. Uh, scenes we didn't know we were unsafe. So uh, this doesn't have to necessarily be, I mean, I have a few stories. I don't know if I have enough to make this into a series, but I do have a few where it wasn't, some of them were, yeah, suspect was still at large and lingering close by. Some of it, uh, is like an animal at the scene. Uh, <laughs> but uh, kind of what you touched on talking about how people egg us on, on scenes. I've definitely, I had one instance at my old agency where my partner and I went out to eat and this was sort of at the height of the conflict, I think with the media and George Floyd and just oh, okay. everything going on 2020. My partner and I went to go get something to eat and someone came up behind me and started like filming us. He was flipping us off. He was yelling at us. My little danger went off in my head because that's super intimidating. Well, and we don't know what those people are going to do. You know, I mean, they stick a a camera in your face with a light and they start peppering. Yeah, exactly. And they hate us. And, And the sad part about it is that they don't realize, especially with CSI, we stay neutral. 
You know, we, yeah. we, we're supposed we're to, yeah. like we have to. <laughs> exactly. And we, we're there for the evidence. And so, yeah. you know, we don't want to put innocent people in prison, mm-hmm. yet we do want to make sure that the bad guys go to jail. And so, you know, so I think it yeah. gets confusing sometimes. So It's hard. And in the heat of the moment, emotions running high, no one's going to stop and listen to me and be like, hey, right. man, I get it. Right. <laughs> Right. Most people in law enforcement get it, honestly. Yeah. Well, and what people have to understand too is that off, even officers, we're human beings. Mm-hmm. You know, we're fathers, we're mothers, we're brothers, we're sisters, we're somebody's son. It's a job that we do, and we job we take very seriously. And it's a job that is full of danger. Mm-hmm. We're still human, and we have those human emotions, and we do have fear, and we do have you know sadness. Mm-hmm. And we're human. And yeah. so we can sympathize also. Absolutely. I think yeah. it's a joke that we're jaded, but I do think the people who are most successful and do this job well are not completely jaded. And right. they walk that fine line of still caring, but also being able to compartmentalize. Yes. And that is a tough act. <laughs> yes, it is. Very much so. So, yeah. yeah, we have to have compassion. And once you lose your compassion in any part of law enforcement, then yeah, it's time to retire. Yeah. Time to go. But that kind of leads me into, um, that was one of my, I think, close calls for me. I don't know. I'm a scaredy cat. I, there's a reason <laughs> I did not sign up to be an officer because I don't want to chase bad guys. I want to show up when the scene is clear, the scene is safe, as much as it can be. Sure. Uh, you know, when officers go code four, or for us here, it's code four when they're saying no additional help needed. That's meaning generally the scene is under control. It's safe for the time being. Obviously, there's all kinds of factors that could change that in a blink of an eye. But I generally prefer to show up after that has been made. Um, Let's hop back into my other questions. So first and foremost, before we get into scenes that we were unsafe so that we're not making our profession look completely incompetent, (laughs) uh, what would you say our normal protocol for crime scene safety from first responders? Uh, first responders, well, first off, they, they contain the scene, so make sure that yeah. uh, the scene is blocked off. So using vehicles and stuff like that, um, I know the fire department puts their vehicles in certain positions, mm. so we do too, to prevent any kind of vehicular traffic yeah. uh, from coming through. But then we also put up the yellow tape, uh, which... <laughs> It's yellow tape, and a lot of people take that as a suggestion versus oh my gosh, kinda, right? I don't know why. <laughs> like it has clear orders on it: do not cross. Yeah. And sometimes we have tape that's bilingual. It also says it in Spanish too. We got a lot of Spanish speakers in California. Yeah. I do not know why that is seen as a suggestion. Yeah. And no they one- don't stop. They just keep walking and walk right underneath, and yeah. we're like, yeah, don't don't mind us. Yeah. And then they get all startled when one of us yells at them to get out. <laughs> and for the listeners that aren't aware or have never experienced it, you know, we have an obligation to protect that scene because 100%. that evidence, yeah, and that evidence can solve a crime or not solve. Obviously, mm-hmm. we know what it does, but it's our obligation to protect that evidence. And yeah. when somebody goes strolling through, you know, it's that low card principle. Mm-hmm. You know, somebody comes into a crime scene, brings something with mm-hmm. them, and as they walk out, they take something away. And same kind of thing. We're trying to prevent any kind of transfer of evidence, especially with DNA and it's so sensitive, yeah. all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And I mean, I think we may come off as stern because we understand the totality of what's happening. If you destroy our evidence, um, 
if you influence the case with anything you leave behind at the scene. So yeah, we're probably going to be a little stern and yell <laughs> at you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, does not mean that we think you're a terrible person exactly. or that we're judging you. We just need you to get the F out of our crime scene. You know, yes. we have a job to do yes. and it could have a whole slew of negative repercussions if we just let it go. If we're like, oh, that's fine. If they just, right. you know. Well, then if we let one person go, then it's like, well, what about that person? Mm-hmm. What about that person? You, you know, why well, just live right there? Well, I, you know, it's the famous saying, right? Oh, I just my live gosh. right there, right? Yeah. But. But I live right there. Yeah, <laughs> I just live right but there. But I'm like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> don't care. Oh, my gosh. This is an active crime scene. Exactly. Like, exactly. Uh. Yeah. And I also want people to understand <laughs> is we are compassionate to the point where, you know, I go, we get it. People have to go home. <laughs> So we'll escort them, but just wait yeah. at the yellow tape yeah. and let one of us or an officer escort you and we can make it happen. It's just, we're trying mm-hmm. to keep the scene as pristine as possible, which it's already not. But Yeah. So. Yeah. I was joking about that with one of my friends and she's like, uh, you know, to be honest, she's the nicest person, most gentle <laughs> human ever. She's like, I would probably be one of those people that tells you like, hey, my house is right there. Can I? And I was like, it's fine. I'm cracking jokes just because we get it all the time yes. and I'm sarcastic and, you know, whatever. <laughs> but um, like you said, just take a chill pill. Right. We'll Let us home. know the situation. That's right. And we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll escort get you, home. you through. No problem. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I had one guy, we had a fatal traffic collision. Um, and there was some guy on the outskirts of the scene on his bike and he's saying like, can I get through? You know, I let, it was going to be a big detour for him to go around. Um, and so we're like, okay, sure. So we walk, we're walking him through the scene and he looks over at where the body was lying in the street and he's (laughs) like, is that, he starts yelling. Like, I don't even know what the name he was saying. Let's just say John. Is that John? Is that John? And we're like, uh, we, this is an active investigation, sir. We don't, and the guy didn't even have an ID on him. So we didn't even know who it was. Oh, wow. Um, and he's like, oh man, what, where am I going to get my Coke now? <laughs> and I was like, bro, he's lying dead in the street. That's what you're concerned about. And he's Lord like, damn God. it. It's like, okay, buddy. Shouldn't have even let you into the crime. Right, right. <laughs> With those comments, you don't deserve to walk that's through my exactly. crime scene. Get back out to the yeah. yellow, to the yellow tape. Exactly. Um, I think another thing is that we always have to have our head on a swivel. You know, when we're yeah. out there working a crime scene, even if we have cars blocking the streets, cones, flares, yellow tape, whatever it may be, your head always has to be on a swivel. Yeah. Especially because people ignore all of those things. 100%. I swear we could put Mickey Mouse like in the middle of the street and he says, Hey, I can't do that voice. That was pretty good. uh, No, I'm not going to do that again. (laughs) But you know, if he was standing there with his whole line, his whole cast and said, don't enter. Literally people would still run his ass over and come into the crime scene. Absolutely. So yeah, I mean, we have to keep our head on a swivel. Yes. Um, Yes. Because officers, officers also guarding the outskirts of the scene have to do the same thing. Absolutely. And and everybody's looking for that danger. Because if we get hurt, who's going to do it? I mean, mm-hmm. now somebody's got to come save our butt. So Yeah. 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 And we, as far as safety protocol for us, um, you know, we, we check with the officers when we get into the scene, see what we have. Um, you know, if we're in the street wearing reflective vests, like you said, always having our head on a swivel during our initial walkthrough of the scene, 
looking at what we have, looking at what's questionable, what could be potentially dangerous, what uh, PPE we're yeah. going to need to go back to the car and get. Um, and even the climate. I mean, I was at a crate oh, where yeah. we had a shooting and it's in the in the street and on both sides of the street are two-story, three-story apartment buildings. Mm-hmm. And we have gangsters up there looking down at us, MFing us. Mm-hmm. saying all kind of stuff and you know i mean let's be honest and i'm not trying to generalize here but our thought is could they have guns yeah and now they've got high ground on us their tactical advantage and mm-hmm. shoot down at us so and then you know we've got officers looking up at these guys and they're intermingled with the citizens that are hanging on the railing balcony watching <sighs> us yeah so what happens you know so we line the streets with our officers while we were in the middle trying to work our crime scene and our tactical mm-hmm. vests and all that stuff and it it's a climate that we got to pay attention to as well. Mm-hmm. Also, probably the literal climate, like the weather. Yeah. Um, you know, if I roll up to a scene where winds are just august, you know, <laughs> uh, then I have to run and pick up <laughs> really quick document that shit as fast as possible. Um, I know that's not necessarily a danger, but. Um, no, but it's definitely a consideration. Yeah. Yeah. So, one of my scenes where I felt that I was a little in danger, it's funny because you don't really, unless it pops out of you while you're at a scene, you don't really know you're in danger, right? You're just generally trying to go about your processing and hope that officers have done their due diligence with clearing the scene. Um, I went to a pretty bad DV call, domestic violence call. Guy beat the shiza out of his girlfriend. Uh, They had a kid together. And so much to the point where she was like, she was bleeding from the nose, uh, bleeding from the mouth. There was some um, blood kind of pooling in different areas of the house. And uh, Orange County District Attorneys, you know, who we work with, had come into our roll call maybe not too long ago. And um, they want photos of where the incident happened. Okay. You know, they don't just want pictures of the victim or just of the suspect. They want to see the scene. Right. You know, they want to see how much room did the victim actually have to like move away or how much room did the suspect have to complete his shenanigans? Absolutely. Um, What are the living conditions? You know, I'm sure those are all things they want to just have an eye on. Right. In building their case, if the victim is willing to go through with a, prosecution. So I'm walking through and, um, you know, when I'm getting the search from the officer, I'm asking, okay, so they, are they married? Are they what? Just, just for my general knowledge, not that that goes in my report per se, that's more in the officer's report, but officer goes, yeah, they're, they're dating. They have a kid together. And I was like, okay, where's the kid? Uh, they said kids with grandma. Um, so I'm going through the house, taking pictures, and I hear something move in the closet in oh. the master bedroom that the incident apparently happened in. Now, is the suspect in custody at this point? Yes, he is. Okay. He's in the back of a police unit, victims out with officers. Okay. Um, just be- waiting until I take my pictures of the interior of the house. Sure. Uh, which it was going to be quick, so I was like, I'll just do this real quick, and then we'll be out of your hair. Um. I hear something move in the closet and I'm just kind of a skittish person in general. <laughs> I mean, I walk around the station. If someone just pops out of a door, I'm like, oh God, you know, and everybody laughs. and I'm like, okay, whatever. But again, there's a reason I'm not an officer. Um, but I hear something in the closet and I'm like, oh, no big. You know, maybe something just fell 
uh, whatever. And then I see the closet door open. It's just a little hand. No way. And I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> Hi, child. And oh she's like, Hi. just completely like scared out of her mind. Come to find out uh, mom and dad just thought this dispute would get her taken away. Oh. And they were, so they told her just to be quiet and go hide in the. (laughs) Poor little thing. Yeah. Seriously. So, um, of course, my life was not in danger in that scene uh, at all, but it was just a little startling. It was a surprise that I did not expect. Oh, yeah. Uh, Yeah. And it it may not be danger, but okay, this time it's a little kid, but who's next time? You know, I mean, so mm -hmm. that just goes to show that, Mm -hmm. hey, there's people hiding in places because, (laughs) and they pop out while we're like, well. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. As they just hear my camera clicking, they're like, "Eh, yeah, Uh, no, thank you. Scared the (laughs) shit out of me, but. (laughs) I bet it did. Um, I also had another scene where it was a suicide. This guy came home pissed drunk was starting arguments with his family. They were like, don't do this again. You know, he starts just very verbally abusive and toxic, starts telling them, well, I'm just going to off myself. And they're like, can you not? We're trying, I'm trying to under, his wife's like, I'm trying to understand why you're coming home pissed drunk and it's 6 a.m. Like what's going on? He was a security guard. I don't know what was said that I'm, I'm, I don't know the history of the family and their dynamic or whatever, but that day he just decided he was going to do it. And in front of his wife and his kids, he was just like, well, if I'm that much of a burden, I might as well just take care of it. And they're like screaming at him, don't. And he pulls his service weapon out, blows his head off Are right in front kidding? of all of them. Wow. In front of his whole family? Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Just rough. And um, he shot himself with a, I want to say it was a 40. Oh. Uh, so his, his skull was just not even... It was mush. Oh, yeah. Uh, brains everywhere. Tons of blood. Oh, yeah. There was brain up on the walls, um, even in like parts. It was a, a pretty small condo, but it just truly went everywhere. Wow. Anyways, I'm in there taking my overall photos. Um, as I'm scanning the room, taking like almost a panoramic type photo style of the room just to make sure you're not missing anything and it's digital it's not film yeah i can take as many pictures as i want (laughs) i look i take my photos to click 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 click. i look down at my camera to review my photos make sure nothing's blurry and i see these two little like bright beady eyes oh my gosh in the corner of one of my photos and i'm like uh excuse me (laughs) and so i it looked like it was a cat or right. some sort of rodent, but I'm assuming these people don't have a possum for a pet, right. you know. So, uh, well, no offense to anybody that has possums. I have friends that are like, they are so cute. Whatever. That's oh, okay. your prerogative. Uh, yeah. Um, but I walk over and sure as shit, there's a little cat that was hiding in the corner because it's probably scared shitless because <laughs> yeah. it heard a big boom, oh, heard yeah. screams. Yeah. So I was like, hey, uh, can we get animal control in here? Because once... This cat and I established that, like, hey, we're in here by ourselves. Now the cat was like, oh, okay, well, well, this is all in my head. Cat's like, oh, scene's code four. So the cat starts walking around. I'm like, no, 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 no. We don't need, like, Step in the paw blood in or, blood yeah. print. No. Yeah, so. Or it start uh, licking the blood or licking oh, the brain God. matter. Yeah. yeah. Animals Again. tend to do that, so. Yeah. Ugh. Mm-mm. I do have one story where I was actually unsafe at a scene. Okay. But those are my, like 
Surprise. <laughs> Surprises I didn't need at a crime scene. Um, do you want me to tell that story? Yeah, go for it. Wanna, okay. No, go for it. Go for it. Um, so we had a homicide that was pretty rough um, for a multitude of reasons. And I think I'll eventually get into that. I'll tell that story another episode. But um, to keep it brief, there were two brothers that I don't want to say like intentionally killed because I don't know their motive and their whole claim was that this was all an accident, you know, Yeah. but it seemed like they did know what was going on and mm. they were being pretty negligent. And unfortunately it cost this girl her life. But one of the two brothers had told his little brother, Hey, look, this is, this is your fuck up. This is your situation. This is what you need to tell the police. Uh, you know, and they had this whole plan laid out that they were going to do. And then they deleted it from their phones uh, I don't think they know that there's a folder for deleted <laughs> messages and deleted pictures, but because they didn't get rid of that. Oh, wow. But you mean they committed the homicide and then took pictures of it? Is that what you're saying? Oh, Mike. Pictures, video. Really? They of, recorded it? Of that, not of her actually dying, but of what they did to her body afterwards. Oh my gosh! It it haunts me to this day. Are we talking and like necrophilia type yes. stuff? Yes. Oh my yes. gosh! All right. I yeah. It I have a hard time putting <laughs> clearly <laughs> into words how messed up that was. Oh my! And gosh. it got posted on social media. No kidding. It was yeah. It was just oh, atrocious. That's not cool. Um. So yeah, I'll I'll that's definitely one to share because I think yeah. it would be a little uh, cathartic for me to yeah. talk about it and go over that. And it, it, I think it especially was rough for me because she was around my age. Oh, okay. And I thought to myself, like, how many times had I put myself in a similar situation where it's just like these guys you met. Yeah. You know, whatever. You're just chilling. You get yeah. good vibes from them. And you're like, whatever. Let's go have drinks. I mean, I don't and have never done drugs. I've never like met with people to be like, let's go snort a line yeah. of coke, you know, whatever. But that was their vibe. That's what they were doing. And it's just sad because the victim had a weird feeling the whole time. She's texting one of her girlfriends saying, oh. this feels weird. I don't know about these guys. I don't know if I want to go back to their house. I don't know. You know, whatever. Yeah. And her friend was just like, send me your location. Oh, I don't know where I am. We're out of Vons. Okay. Well then send me the address of the Vons. Yeah. And this victim just never, for whatever reason, I don't know if she's trying to act chill, act cool, act like she's unbothered, but it cost her her life. Wow. Not blaming her at all. No, no, no. Absolutely. This was all, I think, completely out of her scope of what she could have even imagined what happened to her. Yeah. You know, but. Well, how, I mean, how many times, and even the listeners, how many times have we all, including us, found ourselves in a similar situation? Oh, oh yeah. These guys, are, these guys are nice guys, or these girls are nice gals, mm -hmm. or, you know, mm -hmm. whatever the case may be. And we just go, we think back and go, oh, yeah. God, that didn't go sideways uh -huh. on us. And like, maybe we should learn from this. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, wow. How am I not dead? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> how have I made it one. this far? Ooh, dodge that bullet. Woo. Yeah. <laughs> no pun intended. <laughs> yeah. But so these brothers, the one who was predominantly responsible, um, he, he stuck around. 
and told the whole story that he was going to tell to the police. Meanwhile, we have no idea where the brother went. Okay. Uh, but while we're processing this crime scene, it's an apartment complex, a very small complex. It's just two stories. The It almost looks like a motel. You know, you're immediately led to outdoors uh, when you open your front door. And the apartment manager had come by and said, oh, hey, by the way, you know, that's the other brother that lives in that apartment, that's his motorcycle. And so we were like, okay, officers checked what vehicles they had registered to him. They're like, okay, well, that's his only vehicle registered to him. He couldn't have gone far. Yeah. But, you know, we have suspect in custody, so we're not going to stress about where the brother is. I mean, I don't know their exact line of thinking, but from my perspective and what I knew of the investigation, that's what it seemed like. And come to find out after a whole day of processing that scene and going through this guy was in the bushes no just as or he had to have been nearby but he was nearby enough i mean i say bushes just because that's the only place he could have hid close to um nearby enough that when we left closed down the scene went back to the station i forgot one of the officers was like "Ah, i didn't lock the door like we closed the door the apartment but i didn't lock it and he's like i feel bad i'm not just gonna you know so i would say within four minutes of us clearing the scene and going back that motorcycle was gone oh really and i was like no get out this guy was way too close oh yeah and the second he had a moment alone with that bike where there were no officers in in his vicinity he took it and was gone yeah he got out of dodge yeah yeah definitely and looking back on that, I'm like, yowza. <laughs> that, that makes me so nervous because you just, officers are obviously going to go through and make sure your immediate scene is safe, but they yeah. can't waste their resources and keep scouting the perimeter until they've cleared it of every possible human life, you know? Right. Um, but that definitely made me a little nervous because I don't, you don't know. Emotions are high. He oh, was yeah. just involved in something pretty shady. Like yeah. extremely shady. Who knows what could have came over him while he's crouching down? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, you know, or if he's if he's noticed and all of a sudden now he wants to battle it out mm-hmm. and he's armed. I mean, yeah, situations happen and they go sideways real fast. Yeah. So, well, let me ask you this: Do you ever do you ever get these um, uh, gut instinct or the spidey sense that somebody's something's not right or like somebody's staring at you or I don't know? Yes. Yeah. And I feel crazy. No, but it's a real feeling. It really is. I, yeah. People don't understand. I mean, I was walking, it was a simple burg in the middle of the night in a condo complex. Nobody was around. I clear the scene. I'm walking, crime scene trucks parked in an alleyway. I'm walking to my truck and I stop. And like the hair stand up on the back of my Mm. neck, my Mm -mm. arm. And it was like, and I look, slowly look around. And to this day, I feel like, Somebody was watching me and staring at me, and it's just, yeah, it's just a creepy feeling. But I mean, so much so that, and I don't get scared that Mm -hmm. often. I mean, if you throw a snake at me, yes, because I'm afraid of snakes. Me too. I hate snakes too. (laughs) But this freaked me out. I threw my crap in the truck, just in the front seat. I didn't put it in the cabin. I drove out of there. Yeah. And and I don't know if somebody had a scope on me. You know, you just don't know. But those spidey senses come on in that. Yeah. And we develop that in law enforcement. Again, whether you're a CSI or a police officer, you just know when something's not right. It is so strange. But yeah, it is the thing. It's crazy. I, I had that a couple, well, maybe when I was on training. Uh, 
we had this guy that ran. He was in an assault with a deadly weapon incident prior, just prior to when detectives were going to serve a search warrant on his house for him being involved in an attempt murder case for something else. Oh, wow. So this this guy literally 10 minutes before gets his head busted open by some other gangster, goes back to his house to tend to his wounds, and then detectives are like, whoop, whoop, you know? <laughs> uh, hey, buddy, you're home. Yeah. We're here to arrest you for attempt murder. Oh. Anyways, so he's bleeding profusely from the head, decides to run away from the cops. So it leads him on a little goose chase. So that was a super fun crime scene <laughs> to process because now you have this trail of blood. blood trail, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But um, it was in an area of our city that there were two, three-story businesses um, anybody could be looking down on me, what I'm doing on the ground. And I remember photographing some blood in the street. Someone from a nearby business had already started cleaning up the blood because obviously that's bad for business. Exactly. Let's not have <laughs> puddles of blood in front of our, uh, operation. So I had felt in that moment that I was like, this is just I don't like this. I don't, anybody could be looking at me right now. And I felt a little anxious, but I wasn't training. I was like, calm down, relax, <laughs> focus on what you need to do. Sure as shit. Like 30 minutes later, I had one of my friends text me a screenshot of somebody, some random person they know who was taking photos of me. Oh my gosh. That's weird. And they had, uh, I'm assuming there were a line of, they, they had seen the incident happen. And so because of the way they were wording their caption on my photo was, quote, and now they're cleaning up the blood. Oh, my God. And I was like, okay, first of all, <laughs> so many things to unpack there. One, right. <laughs> you're, you, so I was right. You, I, someone was watching me. Yeah. And not only were they watching me, they were taking pictures of me. Second, nobody... In law enforcement was cleaning up the blood. <laughs> if anything, that grinds my gears because you're <laughs> screwing up my crime scene, you know? That's right. But clearly this concerned citizen missed the point where the employees of the restaurant were cleaning it up. But it just uh, didn't really pose the best picture of us. It looked like yeah. law enforcement was trying to clean it up. Oh. And then I came in and took pictures. And yeah. But um, anyways, that was a long side story. But too. you but you <laughs> had that sense. You had that feeling. Somebody yeah. was watching you. Or, and it's a, it's a real feeling. That's a thing. It's You develop that and it's crazy. Mm -hmm. It's crazy. Yeah. My friend was like, is this you? And I was like, oh my God. Uh, and to get yeah. alive like that is really bizarre, right? Yeah. It's like, like that quickly. You're like, that just happened like five minutes ago. Yeah. Yeah. It's a little weird. Yeah. But uh, do you have, I mean, I don't know if you, again, I don't know if we have enough stories to make this into a series, but do you have some scenes where you felt like you were unsafe or looking back on it, you're like, oh shit, I was not safe. <laughs> yeah. Well, I had, I had actually, you know, fatal traffic collisions and being out in the street, mm. I, I am constantly, my head's on a swivel. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah. I, it doesn't, like you said earlier, it doesn't matter what you block the street off. And this one incident, we had a fatal, and this is a long time ago. So this is before we even had, um, uh, the collision investigation unit, the specialty teams for traffic come out oh, and all okay. stuff. Cause we used to do all the fatal traffic collision reconstructions and stuff oh, gosh. before it started getting, you know, very specialized. Mm. And so I weren't, so I'm going way back. But, uh, and that was actually before the times where we would just, you know, cover the body with a blanket. 
But for oh, now, you know, okay. now we don't do that because of trace evidence and all that other yeah. stuff. Like we'll put, you know, little little uh, crime scene scene screen things or whatever they're called, or like an easy yeah. up now to cover cover the decedent. But yeah, back then we just threw a blanket on whatever, and um, it was a fatal traffic collision. We had a police car out there. We had flares out there, and we had yellow tape. We had the deceased. They're hit by a car. It's a hit and run. So the suspect fled. So we're working the scene pretty diligently. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm looking at some evidence that was on the ground. There was some paint transfer from the car. And I hear the revving of engines. And you just know when mm-hmm. you work a fade. Anybody oh, that's ever worked traffic, if there's any officers out there or PCOs or CSI, anybody that's ever worked traffic knows how awful it is to try to work traffic, right? Yeah. You try to tell somebody to go left, they go right. I mean, it's just, it's mm-hmm. crazy. <laughs> and so, and so it does kind of test your patience. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> so you hear, I hear, where I'm going with this is that you hear that yelling and you know, okay, somebody just broke through the crime scene. Mm. <laughs> so I'm, I'm down in the middle yeah. of the crime scene, the middle of the roadway, and I hear the yelling and screaming, stop, stop, stop. Mm-hmm. And I hear the revving of an engine. Oh, God. And I look to my right, and I go, headlights. And I go, oh, <gasps> shit. You know, this guy's gunning it. And oh, I'm God. like, holy crap. So I just said, screw this. And I back up. I'm out of the street. Yeah. So I'm not going to get hit. Yeah. You know? We don't need a double fatal. Exactly. And the the guy, the dude, runs over the body. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my I shouldn't gosh. laugh, but I'm... I'm um, so yeah, so um, well, I had- <laughs> yeah. Well, disclaimer: it's it's never meant to be in a disrespectful way, right? At all, right. you know. We definitely compartmentalize and then process later. Hundred percent, hundred percent. And like I said, I I truly feel like that is just a shell of a human. <laughs> the person they are and the lives they touch is not affected. Yes, at all. You yes. know, this person unfortunately is just what's yeah. left of them is just clearly getting reamed by this person yeah yeah gosh so runs the body over and he slams right into the back end of a parked car that's on the street yeah and so now i'm like what the heck just happened right now everybody's up in an uproar everybody's running towards that person and there's one sergeant who was actually a pretty cool sergeant he was a former military guy Mm-hmm. And I see the veins <laughs> popping out of this sergeant's neck. And I'm thinking, oh, this sergeant is going to kill this guy. Yeah. I mean, I really thought he was going to rip him right through this window. Mm-hmm. And he goes marching. I mean, he's red in the face. And you can just see this look on his face. Loki probably has a hernia. Yeah. Like he's, he's about to just like have an aneurysm, right? Yeah. And I'm I'm like watching this, like, well, this guy's dead in the street. So now this guy, I got to watch his action. What's mm-hmm. going to happen? <laughs> and I'll tell you, that sergeant tapped on that window, and I, I was waiting for it. And he tells him roll down the window, and it was one of the old crank style windows, so uh-huh. you kind of get an idea how old this was. <laughs> and he rolls it down, and he goes, "Sir, please step out of the vehicle." <laughs> and he's shaking, and I thought. Wow, what restraint, because this guy just drove through his crime scene, almost ran a bunch of people over, ran a decedent over, Mm -hmm. evidence, and he had the most powerful restraint. That's all I can explain. And I thought he was going to rip him through. I was like standing in awe. My jaw was on the floor, because I was like, you know, forget (laughs) about the body he just ran over. But again, and so I think it's because of that crime scene that, and I've had others where Jeez. they've driven right through the scene. That was the only time they ran over a body. Mm-hmm. And as much as we try to protect the scene, people, people just ignore it. Yeah. And so the only thing I can tell 
anybody out there that's listening to this, because this is what I do. If you see red lights, you see blue lights, you see crime scene tape and flares, go the other way. Yeah. You know, I, I know it's exciting. I know it's, you know, the perverse kinkiness in us, that the, the, the interest that wants to see, oh, what, what happened, right? Because yeah. that's, that's, that's people's human nature. They're like, oh, something bad happened. Yeah. But do us a favor and go the other way. Yeah. <laughs> because I don't need to really? get ran over. I want to go home and see my family and... Mm-hmm. You know, and and again, now we have a crime scene that now we have, you know, it's just been disturbed. And mm-hmm. so, and now we got a traffic collision we got to take because, yeah. and, and the person was drunk, it was deuce. So they were, I was going to say, I hope this person was yes. drunk and, yes. well, not, I hope they were, but I hope right. that that was the reason for this and yes. not just their bad driver. Yes. No, they were under the influence of alcohol. <laughs> yeah, and uh, uh, so that was, that was one of the dangerous scenes. And, and like I said, I've got plenty of others. And Would you we'll have been it. hit if you would have stayed where you were? Oh yeah, I would have been dead. I'd be dead right now. Oh shit! There'd be no pot. Well, there'd be the Shelley show. That's what- <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there'd be no no voices. Mike Mayoko. No, my- yeah, Mike's not going to be here. Um, yeah, I was because I remember looking. I mean, and it happened really fast, so mm-hmm. it was like I'm sure it was within seconds. Yeah, I looked over and saw the headlights, and, and thought, he was hauling ass, right? He was, oh yeah, could you hear the revving in the engine? Because he oh, he realized, I think, oh crap, I just drove through because you had the officer you hit screaming and yelling, and I think he realized at that point, uh oh. And so he gunned it, thinking he was going to make it through oh the other end of the crime scene. And here I am standing in the middle. And I was squatting down. So that was a thing. Luckily, Oof. I was young. And mm. uh, I was looking at the paint tra- paint transfers or the yeah. paint chips of the initial car that hit him. And I looked to my right, and the headlights were, I mean, coming on me, barreling oh my down. Gosh. And and those, those if there's any officers that listen, you, you and other crime scene, you guys know what I'm talking about. You <laughs> see that? And it's yeah. like Pucker Factor 1000. Mm-hmm. And all I could do was back up. I jumped up and got out of the way, and boom. Wow. And that was that. Yeah. So uh, two, one crime scene turned into two. And so. Yeah. Yeah. But, but you know, again, it's just, I, it's, it's, you keep your head on a swivel, you pay attention. Hopefully we can try to, and it doesn't matter what we do, we could try to protect us as much as possible. But at the end of the day, we have to react. Yeah. And that's what the public has to understand is that. Officers, CSI, even dispatchers, we have to react to what their reaction is. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, fire department can kind of pre-plan all these situations. Of course, they, they run into these different things, but yeah. we're more of a reactionary type of – we try to be proactive, but mm-hmm. we're more reactionary. And so, people yeah. don't listen to us. We yeah. have to react. Oh, Crazy. man. Yeah. That so. is stressful. <laughs> yeah. Did that stressful. extend – I'm sure that extended a bit how long you were there at the crime scene. Yeah, well, um, <laughs> just a little bit. But actually, it was more damage. Well, besides him flattening out my placards and, you know, oh, destroying those. Yeah, which, you know, it's funny is is you want to make a, a state trooper or highway patrol officer really upset, cross their flare pattern. You want to make a CSI <laughs> officer really pissed off. Step or crush their destroy their placards. evidence placards. <laughs> yeah. Because you know what? We work for the government, <laughs> yeah. which means I'm not gonna see a new set of placards for months. Yeah. So that's right. Yeah. <laughs> so but that was you know, that's <laughs> that is true. So but uh oh, yeah, that's the dangers of the job are real. Um, you know, and so even though we're there after the fact, I know CSI officers that have been shot at um yeah. And we, we're, you know, we're out there driving around, uh, you know, we're involved in traffic collisions. I mean, there's all kinds of stuff we're involved in. So, mm-hmm. And I think it's a healthy reminder 
to stay humble and stay aware yes. at a scene. Yes. Never because I mean they always say in our roll call complacency kills. Yep. yep. Um, never let your guard down. Yeah. God, yeah. imagine if you were just like ignored the sounds going on around you. Yeah. I would have yeah. been a hood ornament. Yeah. <laughs> God. Ugh. But what are we looking at for next week? Do we have uh, something on topic? Oh, okay. Next week. So next week may be a bit of a long one, but I did want to get into how to get into CSI work in the U.S. Oh, okay. Okay, cool. Because um, I feel like we've already gotten emails, already gotten messages yes. of people are like, hey, I'm interested. What What can I do? Yes. So. I did want to touch on that sooner than later instead of having people, you know, me be like, well, tune in for another episode. Maybe we'll talk about it next (laughs) week. You know, I'm not trying to drag people along for the ride. But um, yeah, I have a pretty hefty amount of things I want to touch on Okay, that. Good. I think it'll be really good and informational. Absolutely. Try to throw some stories in there. Yeah. Yeah. Keep it. Well, it's you're, spicy. Yeah. Well, and you're right. There's a lot of people that actually really want to know. I mean, I've got people that are forensic nurses that are like, hey, how do I get into what you do? Mm. And so there's a lot of people that actually have established professions that want to change professions. Yeah. And so I think this is, I think it's very valuable. Yeah. So. I, I mean, one of our coworkers was just like, meh, uh, I need to change a pace. And <laughs> what she's a, or architect. was a architect. Yeah. yeah. She still is. Yeah. Yeah. But she decided I want to do some CSI work. So yeah. And now she's she a bitch in CSI. She's a great CSI. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah. she does some awesome diagrams because of our architecture yeah. experience. So yeah. So yeah, that's what I want to get into next week. So okay. if you anyone listening has any questions or comments or stories that you want to share, but not enough to start a podcast and you want to send it to us, yes. please shoot us an email at voices out of darkness at gmail.com. Uh, we're also going to try to post when we launch our episodes. Definitely reach out because we do want to answer your questions and uh, we want to make sure that we give you the information that you really want to know. So if you reach out to us and ask us the specific questions, we're totally willing to be open and and, and honest um, and if there's current CSI officers that know of programs in their area, wherever they're at Ooh. throughout the United States, because yeah. we know locally here in mm-hmm. Southern California, but there's programs all over Florida, yeah. you know, um, I'm sure in the Midwest and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. please email us, you know, different forensic science academies or stuff like that. So we can give that information out because I think that's important. And I think there's a lot of good training out there for people that want to get into this job. 100%. Cool. Okay. All right. Well, thank you for listening to our stories. Um, And I guess we'll see you next week. Yeah. See you next week. Voices Out of Darkness. Toodaloo. Bye.